This episode of the Local Runners podcast is sponsored by Sports Tours International. Sports Tours International are well known as the number one choice for travelling athletes and sporting enthusiasts in Europe. As international travel partner of the six World Marathon Majors and VIP tour operator of the three Grand Tours and five Monuments of Cycling, Sports Tours International cover a wide range of events. Check out sportstoursinternational.co.uk to book your next international sporting event. Our experience will make yours. Welcome to episode 32 of the Local Runners podcast, the podcast by runners for runners. We are your hosts. I'm Callum Parkinson. I'm Katie Kay. I'm Dave Norman. And I'm Sean Warburton. Uh, so we'll start this episode off with um, a look back at how good the part run get together was at Alexandra over the weekend. Um, I mean, it was just a, a really great morning actually. So we, we've been really looking forward to this for the for the for a few weeks leading up to it. And fortunately, conditions are perfect on the morning, so it was nice and calm, sunny conditions, and such a great turnout as well. And we had 296 finishers um, at Alexandra, which was good to see, wasn't it? And I think the thing that struck me when I arrived there as well was all the merch. Mm. You know what I mean? I was pulling up in my car and I could see all the podcast merch there, so I was glad I brought my hoodie with me, to be fair. Um, so that was really good. Um, I just loved the, the buzz about as well and chatting to everyone at the start and all the familiar faces was really, really nice, really. So in terms of how it, how it went, um, first finisher was Elliot Williams in around 16.14, closely followed by our own um, Dave Norman in 16.16, and then um, his brother Andy Norman running an unbelievable 16.22 with a buggy and finishing ahead of me, which I wasn't happy about. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I did think we were going to get rid of him on that switchback day, but he's, he's good, isn't he? Yeah, he's, uh, he's mastered it. <laughs> um, and then in terms of the female uh, finishers, um, our own Katie K with a PB of... Um, 2001k so you're getting into this 5k business no <laughs> wouldn't say that um you're just followed by abigail uh keeble in 2048 and um and then in third we had both uh karen bernadette fleming of east cheshire harriers and nicola lloyd of stockport harriers on 2147 so they both had exactly the same time mm. um they just put a karen in, in at one place ahead of nicola so i don't know why that was so Maybe they just finished alongside each other. I don't think I've seen that before on part run. Um, so interesting. So anyway, but it was a, it was great to be part of that. And I'll tell you what it was for me. I really enjoyed being part of that front group that we had. We had a really good group at the front, didn't we? And it just felt actually, I ran, I, I, I ran 16.27, which was a massive part run PB for me. And I took the VET 45 course record as well. But I didn't feel that hard. It felt, because I was running in a good group, it felt okay, actually. Just enjoying yourself. Yeah, just, I never thought I'd enjoy myself in a 5k. I loved it as well, Sean, uh, after that second switchback and uh, you started pushing the pace on. Yeah, I thought I'd go the right, uh, last long lap, to be fair. <laughs> you probably think what I was thinking. I just don't want to be beaten by someone pushing a buggy. No, I, 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 I thought I'd go and have a goal, but I went, I went up front and he, he just responded. Everyone responded to the pace, so I just dropped back into the group. <laughs> Um, so yeah, just finally, just a massive thanks to all the volunteers at Alexandra for putting on such a such a good event. It was certainly up there with one of my favourite part runs now. Um, we did stay behind, didn't we, Katie, we and have a coffee and a cake. Yeah, oh, Sean pinched all my cake. Didn't <laughs> <laughs> you, Sean? <laughs> I had a healthy flapjack. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Okay, so moving on to um, just a little review of our last episode, the women in running. Um, it was a, a massive success, and whilst we were recording, we knew we could keep talking and uh, keep talking. Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> uh, But the feedback that we've had has been absolutely fantastic, so thanks to everyone who got in touch. Uh, every message of support is really appreciated and, and does mean a lot. Um, we, I think we've all been inundated, haven't we, with feedback and, and yeah. messages, but just to give you um, a, kind of a snapshot of the many messages we received. Um, Lana Milligan messaged to say, another fab um, podcast, really interesting, important topics discussed. Well done, team. Katie Baker, who sent in a question about harassment for the episode, said, thank you so much for reading my question out. I have to mention this to fellow runners, and they're a little dismissive. Not intentionally, it's just that they're men and it doesn't happen to them, so it's a hard one to relate to, I guess. But it makes me start to think it's all in my own mind a bit. And when I listened to your podcast yesterday and you've all shared your experiences, it made me feel heard, so thank you. So I think that's nice, isn't it, for people to say that they're, they're feeling heard. Yeah. Um, Emma Smith shared on her own Facebook, I've just finished catching up on the latest podcast from the Local Runners podcast. And wow, Katie Kay and these amazing ladies have covered so much with some incredible advice for women. Even if you're not a runner, make sure you have a listen to the podcast as there's so much advice for women in general for fitness and sport. They cover so many topics that as women, we just put aside. So it's good to hear them covering everything us us ladies think about from safety to periods to equality. Thanks so much, ladies. Um, Both Eilish McColgan and Becky Briggs um, also responded, which was nice to say that they'd listened to the episode after we shared it with them, um, as obviously they were mentioned in the episode. So hopefully we might get some feedback from them as well. Um, And it was also brilliant, I think, to get some feedback from male listeners. Um, I had a few male um, runners who approached me at the Dovestone Diamond race recently to say that they found it really insightful. Um, help them to better understand the issues that, that women might face that they probably were a bit dismissive of or didn't really kind of understand beforehand. A uh, couple even suggested to the partners that they should take a listen to. Um, I know, Callum, you shared it on your Facebook page um, saying, male runners, give it a listen. It'll definitely open your eyes and mind a bit more. It did for me listening firsthand. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was a traumatic experience <laughs> sat in the room with seven or eight ladies that were all talking about periods. But, yeah. <laughs> but no, I just sorry to jump in there, but um, yeah, I mentioned it to my mother-in-law and she's listened to it. And um, they, yeah, I mentioned it to Laura. She said she might actually listen to an episode, so you never know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's uh, it's really positive. And Manchester YMCA also posted on the um, on our Instagram account saying, "Great episode this week. A must listen for all, regardless of gender. Equality in running is not there yet, but by having these open conversations, we can take steps in the right direction." Thanks for making this episode. Um, so obviously, again, as I say, that's just a, a snapshot, but we've honestly had the best feedback, which is, is just brilliant, and it shows that there's definitely an appetite for more of these special editions. Um, I know the panel themselves absolutely enjoyed the experience too. As soon as I got back, my WhatsApp uh, for the women's group just didn't stop, and everyone was saying that they, um, you know, how, again, amazing for them it was as well, just kind of being involved. So watch this space. Uh, there hopefully will be more to come but if you've not managed to um, to do so yet make sure you head over to the podcast and listen to episode 31 and just to say Katie well done for putting it together it obviously very well received um, and it was really good to get all the feedback from female and and male listeners so well done to you oh, thank yeah. you well done Katie thank you uh, and thanks again to uh, all the uh, the uh, female um, 
contributors on the episode as well. Um, it went down a storm. Okay, so uh, the Black Knight charge is now less than two months away. Uh, just a reminder, it's on the 27th of July, 2022. Anyone who wasn't yet booked on, get booked on now to a great trail race, which we're hosting uh, alongside East Cheshire Harriers. Um, if you don't want to run the race, but you'd like to help, we are after marshals. Uh, so if you'd like to marshal, please message us on Instagram or Facebook uh, and we can add you to our list. So this week, Dave messaged saying that he had um, some feedback from Paul at Dragons Running Club saying that he loves the podcast and his favourite bit is the race review, which leads us nicely on to our race review. So um, on Sunday the 22nd of May, uh, Manchester hosted the great, hosted great Run Half Marathon and 10k. So the half marathon was the first one off, um, a 13.1 mile route round Portland Street, uh, sorry, from Portland Street into Manchester to the City Stadium. Um, and then it turns around the Mancunian Way to Old Trafford and then back to Manchester City Centre, finishing on Deansgate. Um, it was won by Chris Thompson of Aldershot in one hour, four minutes and 29 seconds. Thomas Charles of Charlton Runners was second in 108.22. And third was Matt Clough of Leeds City in 108.29. So first lady was Sarah Webster of Northern Athletic Club in 1 hour 16.41. Second lady was Kelly Edwards of Leamington Cycling and Athletics Club in 1.19.21. And third lady was Alice Daniel of Hallamshire Harriers in Sheffield in 1 hours 20. 36. So some local shout outs go to Carl Ardman of Salford Arias and a previous guest came in 9th in 1 hour 12.13. Um, we had James Braben, is it Braben, of Charlton Runners in 1 hour 36.12. Uh, Tom O'Donnell of East Cheshire, uh, Tim O'Donnell of East Cheshire in 1 hours 32.25. Uh, Justin Johnson of High Striders in 1 hour 33.43, which I'm pretty sure is a PB for Justin. Um, yeah, so well done. Big PB as well. He's flying at the minute. Yeah, he's doing. What well, I keep saying to Justin as well is, look at his splits. He's getting faster as the race goes on. Yeah. So there's more in the tank there, Justin. Come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> what, sub one hour thirty next for him. Uh, and Benjamin Cooper of Bury Athletic Club came in sixth in one hours eleven and thirty one seconds. So next off was the ten k, and this iconic ten k route starts on Portland Street again, then takes the runners down to Chester Road. Um, to Old Trafford and back to the, back to the city centre finishing on Deansgate again so um, Jake Robertson was first in 28.06 Jack Rayner in second in 28.16 um, and Abada, Ab- Abadea, Abadea is that right? Yeah. Um, was in third in 28 minutes and 22 seconds um, Helen a beery. A beery, thank you. Okay, can you tell I can't read? <laughs> was first lady in 30.15. Ailish McCorgan of Dundee was second lady in 30.19. Um, and then Ruth, go on, you can help me with that surname. Uh, there we go. Shepengetich. It was third in uh, 30.29. Being carried here, aren't I? Um, <laughs> so a massive shout out to Ailish, who set a British and European record for the 10k. Um, so local shout outs um, Salford Harriers we had Anna Brace Girdle in 34.05 Rob Clark in 35.36 um, our very own Sean in 34.36 um, which I'm sure he'll touch on in his training um, East Cheshire Harriers we had Amelia Platt 
in 3650, uh, Darren Smith in um, 3701, Sam Mabbott in 4142, um, Darren's daughter, um, I, I'm forgetting her name, I think it's Alicia, um, she she ran it and she got just over 40 minutes. We yeah. haven't got it written down here, but um, well done to her. I think Darren said ne- if she beats him on a 10k, she's got to get the train home. That's, that's going to happen very soon. Yeah, now, it though. is. <laughs> get, your, get your skates on, Darren. Um, <laughs> so high striders, we've got Alex Stones in 38.12, Sarah Bowman in 1 hour 5.25, and Rachel Horrocks in 1 hour um, 5.26. In Glossopdale Harriers, we've got James Bernard in 36.37. And on Wednesday the 25th of May, we saw the return of the ever-popular sold-out Dovestone Diamond Race, organised by Greenfield Greyhounds. The course is a scenic and undulating 10k multi-terrain route with approximately 500 feet of climbing, with some lovely views of the surrounding areas of Dovestones. Conditions on the night were pretty much race perfect. It was dry with a nice cool breeze. There'd been some rain in the build-up to the race, so it was a bit boggy in parts, but nothing too much of a concern. The first finisher was Gavin Brown of East Cheshire Harriers, who absolutely stormed well ahead of the other runners to take the win in 36-23. He was on fire. (laughs) Mark Collier of Salford Harriers finished second in 38-49 and Darren Shepherd of Saddleworth Runners finishing in third place in 3906. Um, the first female finisher was Martha Tibbet, who had an absolutely amazing run. She's just, on, again, on fire at the minute. She is amazing. And she finished in fourth place overall with a time of 39.13, literally just behind the leading men. And if you look at the pictures from the, um, from the night... Uh, she was literally right up there with the. She was behind Mark literally all the way. Um, I think Mark said that she was actually ahead of him at, at one point. Um, so just <laughs> she was absolutely amazing. So yeah, massive shout out to uh, to Martha. Um, second female was Margaret Beaver of Stainland Lions Running Club in forty four twenty four, and Gaynor Keane of Saddleworth Runners finishing third with a time of forty six fifty seven. Uh, so shout out to all the organisers who had everything covered. Pizza, coffee and beer at the end seemed to go down particularly well. Uh, loads of runners stayed around at the end to socialise, which was really nice to see. Uh, there was a real community feel to the event, so definitely one to, to look out for for next year. Over to Dave. Uh, and on the same night as the Dovestones race, it was also the Offerton 5 Mile. Uh, I actually went to watch this race uh, and it was a really interesting mix of terrain, uh, starting and finishing on the track at Woodbank Park uh, with a blend of road, trail and mud in between. Uh, the standard at the front was really strong. Uh, Gavin Tomlinson, a Vet 40 from Cholton Runners, he's having a fantastic year so far. He was first to finish in 28-11. Uh, Peter Bray, also of Cholton Runners, came through strongly to take second in 28-52, with Andy Norman of Altrincham taking third in 29-22. Uh, Fraser MacDonald made it three Cholton runners in the top four, taking fourth place. Emma Riley of Stockport Harriers was the first lady to finish in 36-13, ahead of Jenny Picard, also of Stockport Harriers, 38-18. And it was Stadia Hack of Cholton runners who took third spot in 38-56. It was a busy couple of days of racing, as the following day we had the Dunham Massey 5K, uh, the first race in this year's North Cheshire 5K series. Ryan Moore of Vale Royal Athletic Club was the first man home in 16 minutes exactly, uh, with Dave Norman of Altrincham finishing second in 16.09 and Richard Cohen of Wilmslow Running Club third in 16.12.
Claire Clancy of Wormslow Running Club was the first lady in 1801, uh, with Laura Barber of Sale Harriers second in 1918, just squeezing past the third-placed uh, female, Philippa Cameron of Altrincham, at the end. Uh, and just a couple of shout-outs from, from the Greater Manchester Track Championships, uh, which took place earlier in May. Um, you just mentioned Amelia Platt of East Cheshire Harriers. Uh, she was the winner of the 3,000 metre under 20 and actually broke the championship record. Uh, her time was 10 minutes and 8 seconds. Uh, you also mentioned Darren Smith of East Cheshire. Uh, he was the winner of the senior men's 3,000 metres. Um, and George Lewis won the 3,000 metre steeplechase. So well done to all those guys. We've got um, another shout out for local runner Michelle Vaughan. Um, so Michelle... Um, ran at the weekend we're just trying to f- scroll through and find out she ran Edinburgh half in 1 hours 24.41 um, and that is I think from Glenn said that she was ranked 5th in the top 5th um, in the Vet 50 Wow, in the UK which, yeah, yeah. Which, wow. which is <coughs> unbelievable um, and Sophie had a fantastic run as well she won um, the Brussels 20 k- 20k race um so well done to sophie we haven't got your time written down here at the moment but well done fast i imagine yes <laughs> <laughs> she probably weren't going slow on them corners was she sean she said it was funny actually because i saw her on a social media that she got on a train in brussels and she picked up the paper and she was in the paper <laughs> she said it made her laugh Okay, so uh, on to the discussion point of this episode, um, we're, we're going to look at shoe rotation, so everyone knows um, that we love a good shoe conversation and a bit of shoe talk, so it's right up there, right up, in our, right up our street, so let's have a look at it. So what did the team do for shoe ro- rotation and what shoes for what session? So, um, Cal, do you want to kick off? Yeah, might as well. Um, so... For my easy runs, I swear by the Nike Invincibles. It's funny, actually, because tonight, just before we came to record, I got a message off one of the lads on East Cheshire, and he said he's after some, like, everyday trainers. Right. Um, so it would be useful to see what you guys go for. Um, but I go for the um, Nike Invincibles. Um, I think I did round about 600, 700 miles in and passed them over to you, didn't I, Dave? And you, did. you had them for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for sessions, I use the... Saucony Endorphin Pro 2 um, done it about 300 miles in them so I'm looking to move over to my new Zoom Fly 4s that I bought wow. which have got the local yeah. runners podcast colours some money at Nike shoes you lately aren't I know. considering you're an Adidas boy <laughs> well not anymore <laughs> clearly <laughs> um, but I think for my go to race shoes got to be Vaporfly next percent um, all PBs running them think I've, I've ran really well in them so whether it's the shoes or not but I did try the Adidas Pro um, the original Adidas Pro for the Wilmslow 10k and I mentioned it um, when we did the race review it just didn't really feel I don't know whether it was in my mind like whether I felt comfy in them or not um, but everyday shoe I'd go Nike Invincible um, racing shoe Nike Vaporfly um, and then at the moment, it's Saucony Endorphin Pro 2 for sessions, which are really comfy, and the laces are brilliant because they don't come undone because they've got, they're have got rigid. So as soon as you tie them tighten off, mm. they just don't come undone. And they're the only trainer that I've, I've just never had an issue with the laces. Um, so, yeah. Katie, what about you? 
Um, well, I think I've said before, I'm a Pegasus girl, so I've always worn mm. Pegasus, literally, always. But again, I've said up until the 37s, I've kind of just lost my way with them. I've always loved them because they've just been comfy. But the 37s and the 38s, I just, I just can't seem to get on with them. They just feel pretty stiff. So I think after talking to you, Callum, and when I had my calf injury, you said the Invincibles were a good a good shot so I bought those and I was alternating between the Pegasus and the Invincibles but I've absolutely loved my Invincibles and I've worn them to death and I think I mentioned this to you didn't yeah. you Sean that literally yeah. I feel like they're just like slippers and every day I think well I'll put my Pegasus back on or I've got a new pair of Pegasus at home that I've, I've literally not worn and every day I think I'll put them on but I just keep going to the Invincibles because I think they're so comfy they just, the Pegasus I found just feels so hard when yeah. you've had the Invincibles for like an easy run Yeah. I think if you're going a little bit quicker the Pegasus might might suit but yeah. I honestly don't know what Nike have been doing with the last two iterations of the Pegasus I think 37 and 38 Apparently 39 now is getting quite a lot of good reviews. And right. It looks like a step back to the 36, 34, 35 yeah. time, a bit softer. Yeah. The better lockdown as well. Because I yeah. just found them, I agree, that they're awful. I yeah. can't even them, really. No, I put for, them on the other day. I, I thought, yeah. I've not worn them for ages. And touch wood, since my car's been feeling better, I thought I'll try them. But I felt like I just felt every step. They just felt really hard. So I went back to the Invincibles. They literally nearly got holes in them, so I'll have to get a new pair of them. But um, yeah, vapor flies now for uh, for racing. We were matchy matchy, so weren't we, we were on Saturday? Matchy, matchy, <laughs> we? Although Callum's got the trick of wearing his Illumish yellow socks underneath. Oh, they look so they much look better, cool, don't, they? don't they? Yeah. yeah. So I'll have to get some socks for underneath. But yeah, invincibles every day, I think, and uh, vapor flies for for racing. Dave. Dave. <laughs> Well, as you'd expect with me working in a running shop, I've, <laughs> I've had a lot of shoes uh, over the years and I've got a lot of shoes on the go at the moment. Um, so I did I did try uh, Callum's um, hand-me-down Invincibles and uh, I actually really enjoyed them. Um, I pretty much ran in them after he gave them to me until I got injured. Um, so the last time I ran them was the warm-up for the session where I got injured. Don't be blaming me. Whether it's a mental <laughs> thing or not, I've not worn them again since. <laughs> Um, and so I'm, someone else. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it was the uh, the carbon shoes I did the session in, uh, and not the Invincibles. Um, yeah, so I did enjoy the Invincibles, but I, I have to say, over the last uh, eighteen months, I've been a Hoka, a Hoka man. Um, so my current preference is Hoka, and the, the shoe I keep finding myself reaching for is a uh, is actually the Bondi X, uh, which has really surprised me. It's quite a bulky shoe. Uh, I didn't think I would like it. I thought I'd find it too bulky. But you get it on your feet, um, really soft, really stable, um, nice and wide, which really suits my feet. Um, but where it's really one for me is its durability. I must have put about 1,200 miles on it now, and it still feels great. Um, so it's not the cheapest to shoot. It's coming in at 180, but, I mean, now it's lasted me this long. It's, it's actually, in terms of pound per mile, it's actually doing quite well. Um, so, yeah, um, still feeling great, that shoe, and uh, I can see myself um, uh, going for another pair of those uh, once they've uh, finally had it. Um, like Callum, I'm uh, doing all my tempos and track sessions in the Sock and Endorphin Pro. Um, started using those uh, back end of last summer, and they've served me really well. I must be on my second pair now. Uh, got another pair put away in the cupboard. Um, they feel fast, a lot more supportive than the Nike carbon shoes I was racing and training before. Um, so yeah, big thumbs up for those. Um, as for racing, well, I still think the Nike feel a bit faster than the Sockenies, but 
they do feel like they lack support and I think that did contribute to my recent uh, injury so the session where my calf went um, I was wearing the Nikes and I've had a few issues with my calf wearing those so I've been hunting around for a shoe that feels as fast as the Nikes um, and that feels a bit more supportive um, and I recently um, tried the Asics Metaspeed um, and what a shoe these are um, they feel every bit as fast as the Nikes but uh, much more supportive uh, nice wide fit which suits me as I say um, so yeah running those for the first time at, on Thursday at Dunham running again on the park run on Saturday and they get a big thumbs up from me really really impressed with them so the Bondi X are they the day to day easy they're my day to day yeah they do actually have a carbon plate in them but they're so bulky I would I would say they're more of a mileage shoe with yeah. a plate in them so Sean what yeah it's interesting that because I'm I'm Nike all the time and the reason is it's because I've always worn them I can order them off the internet and I just know they're going to fit perfectly when I get them but I do keep looking over at the Asics Metaspeed and um, the Saucony Endorphin Pros and thinking maybe I should try something like that um, but it's a risk, isn't it? So, I mean, so easy days for me, and with you guys, it's the Invincibles for me, where the Nike Invincibles. Um, if I'm going to be doing strides, however, I'll put something on like a Zoom Fly 4 or even a Pegasus, just because, um, not the 39, obviously, <laughs> the SA, rather, just because you can't, I can't run fast in them Invincibles. Can you, have you tried running quick in them? I, um, well, I say it, it, speed's all relative, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but no I think I could probably get down to about 7 minute mile and then yeah. I think if I try going any quicker than that it just feels like I'm going to topple a little bit because yeah. you, you feel like it bows a little bit underneath don't you and you can yeah because the reason I do strides is obviously to get my leg turnover going and pr- practice my form and I just struggle to run well but easy days all the way with the invincibles and then sort of more steady runs zoom fly for me I've not gone for the four yet but I think the midsole is exactly the same it's a bit like the the Bondi then it's a mileage shoe that but it has got a carbon plate in it mm. so you do, you do get that protection in your legs and in terms of mileage god they just run forever then the, the zoom flies they just never seem to die um, really good lockdown as well only thing I don't like about them and I might be being petty here is they like um, vapor weave but they're like double skinned and if you buy a light coloured one you get dirt in between the outer and the inner so they look older than they are it bugs me that there you go the things for first world problems none of us mentioned trail shoes there do, you, do any of you use trail shoes much um so no. for for the grass sessions um i use the adidas terex speed pro and they are light as anything i think they're 225 gram um, they've got the 225 on the side but they're really comfy and they're the ones that I'm debating on whether to do the hell on the felling because yeah. I've been, I've been <coughs> we're going to touch on this a little bit later maybe about what shoes and that to go for for the tour but um, it's one thing I'm thinking whether to risk having that trail for the five mile uphill and is it worth it for that one mile downhill mm, uh. Well, yeah, I mean, I do have to come away from Nike when I go on trail, because I don't think the Nike trail shoes are very good. So I go for the um, New Balance Summit Unknown. Okay, yeah. Um, tend to go for those, because they're quite quick as well, actually, for a trail shoe. Um, and if I'm in, running in the fells in the lakes, which is softer, underground, underfoot, I tend to go for the um, Salomon S Labs, which very, very aggressive lugs on them. 
Yeah, what about, about yourself? Uh, so there's actually a, sh- a socking issue I'm using on the trails, the Sockney Endorphin Trail. Yeah. Um, it's not a plated shoe, uh, so the name Endorphin would suggest it might be, but um, feel nice and stacked, feel um, feel nice and cushioned, but you know it's got an adequate amount of grip. And yeah, I've done done some mixed terrain runs where there's long sections of road and it just feels like you're running a road shoe, you know. Mm. But then as soon as you get on the mud, they'll, they can deal with it. So yeah, I've really enjoyed those. I like quite a, a low. I, I like hardly any stack me on a trail shoe. On a trail shoe, yeah. yeah. The problem is when you hit any road, of course. I know, yeah. Yeah, because the, the reality yeah. is a lot of uh, trail runs, it's going to be 50-50, isn't it? Yeah. What about you, Kay? Yeah, I use the, um, I do quite a lot of trail running. So when I do, when I'm off-road, I wear Pegasus Trail. Um, and they're fine. I've, I like them. They're quite cushioned. Um, so it seems to be fine when you're on the road, um, but got decent grip. So yeah. But again, I'm pretty. I'm pretty boring. I just stick with Nike. So I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I need to venture a bit further afield and try just, something else. The only thing with those is they're quite high stack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and uh, I always find them rolling my ankles, oh, not running on the trails in them. Um, that's why I like a flat. So like the New Balance Summit Unknown, it's almost like a racing flat with a good right. grip on it, really. Yeah, I've never tried anything else, so I won't know what to compare them to, really. Yeah. What about for long, like your Sunday long runs? So would it be your everyday shoe, or would you go for something? Because normally you're going Sunday long runs. I've done with you two, usually around about seven to seven twenties. You obviously yeah. wouldn't do that in your invincible, Sean. What would uh, <laughs> what would that be? Be like a, either a Zoom Fly Four or a Tempo Next Percent. Yeah, yeah. Same as my mileage shoes, Bondi X. Right. Yeah. yeah, wore them yesterday. What about you, Kater? Is it same? Yeah, I haven't done long running for a while, but <laughs> <laughs> I'd usually just wear my Pegasus. But like I say, since I've been wearing the Invincibles, I feel like I fell out with them a bit more. So yeah, probably yeah. just stick to the Invincibles now. I think. I think my yeah. Pegasus are just um, a walking around the walking around the garden shoe now. <laughs> I'm t- I've got a pair of the 39s in my basket on the app. You know, you just sort of need to check out with it because the reviews are very favourable compared yeah. to the previous ones. And if you can, when the Pegasus was good, it was a shoe you could buy for just over under a pound. Mm, and it lasts yeah. ages, and that's what it should be like. Yeah. Birthday month for me next next month. Twenty five percent off it next. <laughs> Don't tell the wife. I did get some <laughs> of the um, next percent as well because I thought I need to start doing a bit more speed work. So that was my plan. I got some of them. I think I've worn them twice. Mm. And now they're in my son's um, pee kit school bag. He wears them for school and says they're, <laughs> they're great for running at school. But yeah, they uh, seem to have disappeared from my sight. <laughs> I do wear Tempo Next on the track as well. And I sometimes wear Next Percent on the track as well. You know, an old pair that I don't yeah. race anymore. Turns if I want to treat myself, if I'm feeling <laughs> unmotivated, I'll think, go on, treat yourself, dig some next percents out. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, um, so should we go on to our training? Um, so for me, I mean, I think just starting off with myself, it's just getting some structure back now the last few weeks. Really struggled a bit like me and Ashley have been talking a lot since the marathon because we've both really struggled to get moving again after the race. Um, Felt fine, easy running, but as soon as I tried to do a session, I just felt not good. Um, but then all of a sudden, it's just come back. I think I've managed the recovery quite well. So last two weeks have been about 70-mile weeks on the track and back up to five-mile on the Green Gate Loop, Dave. So feeling feeling good. And then I've had a good run in the Manchester 10K. So 
I didn't really know what to expect from that race because I'm not trained for a 10k. Um, so I was talking to a few few lads on the start line and said, "What well, you going out?" And everyone sort of plays themselves down on the start line, don't we? Know that's tradition. Oh well, I've got a hammy and I've got this going on. <laughs> a bit like Gringo on yeah. the first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take it easy, me. No one take. I went out at PB pace and went through 5k at 16:39, and I thought, "Well, it's a bit hot that for someone who's not done any 10k training." But I felt good. But we had a um, we had like a headwind on the way out, um, so I was expecting a tailwind on the way back, but we never really got that, and it got did get really tough. I think was down at back down to like five forty pace, which is near the tempo pace for the last couple of miles. So I was glad to come in under thirty five, really, con- um, considering how hard I went out, which is not like me. Um, but then that that backed up this weekend. Now with a good quick part run at Alexandra, I feel in good shape really I feel in better shape going into this year's tour than last year's tour without doubt um, last year I was um, having a nightmare in the off and 5 if you recall and dropping out mm-hmm. of the sail sizzlers and carrying an injury and you know so taped yeah, up at the tour I was taped up yeah <laughs> on that first night because I was worried about my shins uh, I feel I think I think I didn't I didn't recover well. I, I ran the marathon last year, then went and ran Windermere as well. I went straight into the Sizzlers. Just can't do that, um, you know. So I've done better this year. So I'm actually looking forward to the tour. I've got the Coles Coleshaw Hall 10K a week on Sunday, mm. which is the 12th, I think. So that'll be a good tester. So I'm hoping I can run a little bit quicker than Manchester there and just go into the tour in confident mood. Well, can you ever go in at the tour confident? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just that that hell on the fellow is not so confident out of me. Um, but what about you, Cal? Anyway, um, so I th- I started to write down my training. I thought, oh, we've not recorded in ages, and basically I hardly had anything to say. <laughs> <laughs> and I started to go through, but um, training's been going all right. I've had a little bit of issue with my feet. I've been finding that the bottom of my feet have been feeling really tight. So constantly through the day, I've been um, massaging it, massaging my calf, um, just trying to trying to loosen it, doing some foot drills. Um, but basically, all the training's just been up to a little bit, just in, with the tour in mind. Um, so did the Manchester 10K, paced 45 minutes, which was brilliant. Um, Dave mentioned the other week when he paced the elderly bypass 10K about how good it is, and I had. I had the flag on my back, I had a speaker in my pocket, massive speaker with loads of tunes on. It was great, I had loads of people, I was singing, everyone were getting annoyed with me because I was breathing normally and they weren't and no, it was really good and then we got to about 5k and I thought, oh I'm going a little bit too quick here, I think we were about 10-20 seconds too quick. So I started to slow down um, and I think I had about 10 or 15 people with me towards the end and then there was an East Cheshire lad called Cole um, I think he was 15 and he went he was just chatting to me all the way around it's like why are you talking to me just get going just go so about 800 metres there was a few lads in front of me um, I think there was a couple of women there as well and they were, I just said "Use go there was a few behind that wanted um, that were struggling a bit so I told them to leave at about 800 metres and they all got sub 45 um, and I crossed the line in 45.19 because I slowed down a little bit to just try and encourage these other runners um, coming in. Um, part run at the weekend, really chuffed with my time. Um, so I got 17.40. Um, 
one thing I, I, I was chatting to um, Mike Harris um, just before we started I said oh are, how are you feeling like after your surgery and your recovery going well he goes I think I'm going to go for about 19 minutes he was he was off like a rocket he's a liar <laughs> so um, and then he was with me for the first lap and then the second lap he was about 10 metres in front of me and then he said at the end all I wanted to do was keep you behind me I said and all I wanted to do was beat you <laughs> a man coming back from surgery and I'm getting beat um, but no, so he, salt butties yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> must have had a couple in the morning for breakfast <laughs> Um, but no, it was really good, the part run. Um, like you said, we were in a mm. bit of a group. There was, I think there's about three of us. It was me, Mike, uh, Mike's mate, Paul Bannister was just in front of mm. us. Um, and then there was someone else as well. I can't remember who it was. And then Cav, uh, Dan Kavner, just a little bit further behind. But really good. I'm, I'm looking forward to the next one. I think we should pick an early one for next time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, that's it from me. Everything to the tour now, and I'll be looking forward to getting into marathon training. What about you, Kater? So, yeah, um, again, just been carrying on, really, just trying to build up my mileage, looking at around 50-mile 50, 50 weeks, so that's been quite consistent. Um, did the Dovestone Diamond Race last Wednesday. Absolutely love that. Um, I think I finished sixth female first Vet 40, so I was quite happy with that. Um, it was a bit frustrating, I think. I don't know if people have done it before, but the the start is it kind of funnels and it's single single track. So I was walking less than a mile in, um, just because you can't get past. It's literally single single file. But I think that probably did me well actually, because then once I kind of got going, I probably had a bit left left in me. So, um, but I've been trying to think about what people have been saying and and push myself to run a bit faster, as you as you know I've. I always said I'm a bit of a plodder so those after those three miles up the three miles down I did try to push myself to run quicker than I might normally um, and and it did I did seem to, to run <laughs> quite well um, so yeah I was quite quite pleased with that um, and then the Alexander Park run on Saturday I had absolutely no idea because I think obviously you'd all said to me before and it's kind of eyeballs out just go for it it's flat but I don't know I just have no idea what my speed is I don't know how to run fast on flat so I set off um, and I saw Mark Bowser Stockport Harriers and I again I always say he's kind of my pacer I know that he's a similar runner to me so I saw him and I just kind of sat on his shoulder um, for a while so the first lap sat on his shoulder and then I thought I can kick on a little bit here so I had a chat to him as I went past and said, come on, Mark, either you go or I'm going. He said, stop talking and go. <laughs> so I did. Yeah, you shouldn't be able to talk in 5K. <laughs> so I just went. and uh, Piper said, eyeballs out. Exactly. Piper. Well, he messaged me, Glenn, actually. I'll tell you that in a minute. But um, yeah, so I just went and I carried on running. I did look at my watch at one point and I, I saw a six and I thought, oh, wow, I don't think I've ever run a mile with a six starting. <laughs> Um, but anyway, carried on and uh, finished 
2001 was my was my time and um, that's what glenn did message me afterwards and he did say you need to learn to dip on that line <laughs> you shouldn't be getting 2001 <laughs> so i'll take that on board glenn um but i was pleased with that because like i say i had absolutely no idea what i could run 5k in fast because i just don't run fast so i guess that's a bit of a, a baseline for me to Mm. to work it's on the effort level as well just from so i remember that yeah effort, yeah i yeah, can't say i enjoyed it yeah i suppose <laughs> that's how it should be isn't it but yeah something to work on so um yeah tour coming up next still not booked on so i need to get booked on i'm definitely going to do it now i was hanging on to the last minute in terms of my calf but touch wood those last two races i've pushed myself and my calf's been fine so um yeah i'm gonna get signed up and um look forward to that you mentioned there, Katie, about being uh, agonisingly close to breaking 20 and um, and Glenn saying you should dip. Um, I was going to mention this in the race review, actually. So Nigel Martin ran in the uh, track meeting at Sports City on Saturday evening. Uh, Nigel, of course, a previous guest of ours. Would you believe his time was 14.00.00? So he missed breaking 14 minutes by 100 for the second. <laughs> and he didn't dip. <laughs> there's, a pi- there's a picture of him finishing. In yeah, the, and the other two face. guys are dipping, and yeah. he isn't. Yeah, I've, I've messaged him and wound him up about that. <laughs> he, he looks in agony. He does. Yeah. Great run again, though, from Nigel. Yeah. He's, uh, he's a model of consistency. Uh, right, yeah, so for myself, uh, God, it feels like a, a while since we've done one of these, because uh, obviously uh, me and Sean weren't here for the last episode. I weren't either. I was only recording. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, from memory, I think on the last episode I said I had two races lined up uh, in the week after the recording. Uh, so the first was the Quarry Bank Trail Race, uh, organised by Run Northwest, which was a really interesting race. Um, so the first half of the Quarry Bank Race is pretty much all road, uh, and then the second half, it's all muddy trails and running up and down steps, which were really wet and slippy as it rained all day. So deciding what shoes to wear for that race was really, really tough. It was either go for the trail shoes, uh, suck it up first half running on the road uh, or get the advantage in the first half with a carbon shoe and then uh, hope you didn't slip too much in the second half um, so yeah both me and my brother Andy uh, who was running with me um, we both went for the carbon shoes uh, we managed to get away from the rest of the field uh, and at halfway as we left the road we're running together about 150 meters clear of the next runner um, uh, I was absolutely terrible as I knew I would be uh, when we got to the steps uh, and I ended up finishing third, um, about a minute and a half behind Andy, who was just kamikaze. <laughs> um, the uh, the guy who finished second, Phil Carpenter, he absolutely flew past me down those steps. There was no way I could run down those steps. I think I was walking down them. Uh, I was that scared of uh, going on my ass. Um, but I do think I made the right decision on footwear, um, as I think even if I'd gone for trail shoes, I'd have, st- I'd have still been walking down those steps like a pansy. So it was a good bit of fun, that race. Um, the plan was then to do the Beverly 10K a few days later, which I'd pre-entered. Uh, but unfortunately, I came down with a cold, um, so I decided to be sensible and give that one a miss. Um, following on from that, I went to France for five days for a wedding um, for two good friends of mine. Uh, drank far too much while I was out there, didn't run enough. Um, came back home um, with the intention of having a blast at the park run takeover on Saturday. Uh, but it looked like I wasn't actually going to be able to do it because um, I was going to have to open up at work. Um, so instead, I raced the Dunham Massey 5K on Thursday, which I've already mentioned. So yeah, after after that week away, I wasn't really feeling very positive about how I'd do uh, after the excesses of the previous week. But 
Uh, it did actually go much better than expected. So, um, yeah, he ended up finishing second. Uh, nine seconds behind Ryan Moore of Vale Royal, uh, who's actually run 14.52 for 5k this year uh, and is apparently in very good shape. Um, so, yeah, it's really pleased to get so close to him. Uh, I was also quite pleased with the time of 16.09 uh, as it's a tough mixed terrain course uh, with a bit of cross country and you do actually um, finish higher than you start, so it's a net uphill. Uh, and I did a nice warm down jog with Ryan and Richard Cohen who was third um, and got some really good feedback from them both on the podcast so another two listeners to add to the list <laughs> um, yeah so as it turned out um, I actually found out on Friday after doing that race that I would be able to make the park run um, so yeah I went went along didn't know what to expect just thought I'll just run as hard as my legs will uh, allow me to run Really, really enjoyed it. Um, thanks to everybody who turned out, uh, especially those who turned up in the merch. Uh, absolutely brilliant running in the league group with Sean, uh, Ashley, Mark, Andy, as we've mentioned, Elliot. Just a really good feel running in that group. There was, I think there were seven of us, was there, Sean? Yeah, I think so. I had Michael Holness. Michael so. Holness as well. Yeah. yeah, big shout out to him. He had a, he had, he had a superb run. I think it was a big PB yeah. for him. Um, yeah, so as I expected, my legs were feeling a bit leggy from Thursday's race and Went through the first mile in about 5.11 and it felt like hard work to be honest and I thought, oh, you know, this is going to be <laughs> it's gonna be a bit of a slog this. But then the second mile really slowed um, and uh, although my legs weren't great, um, I thought, well, it slowed down quite a bit and I'm actually feeling quite comfortable now. So I reluctantly took the pace on a mile to go and uh, actually managed to get a bit of a gap um, and uh, yeah, still had a good lead with 300 metres to go, thought I was uh, home and dry. Um, and uh, actually looking at my Strava splits and my pace it looked like I finished strongly but Elliot Williams, one of our listeners came from absolutely nowhere and just picked me right uh, before the end so to give you an idea how close it was Elliot was first in 16.40 Mark was 7th in 16.30 so 16 seconds covering the first 7 yeah. um, Elliot commented to me afterwards just to put it in perspective as well he was in 7th place at 4, 4k um, and finished first so uh, shows how well he finished. Um, now, according to his Strava, he ran a 2:57 last K. So I'm not too, <laughs> I'm not beating myself too much about um, uh, in, in overtaking because a 2:57 last K in a park run in anyone's book is is, is phenomenal running. And uh, yeah. there's probably not many runners in the country who'd be able to do that at the end of a park run. And uh, yeah, to say Elliot's unattached, um, relatively inexperienced, he, he's definitely one to watch. Um, yeah, so he doesn't have a club yet, but he's been running with me for a while. He's been doing some track sessions with Sean. He's been coming to the tempos on the Thursday, so he's doing all the right things. Um, and I've never done those uh, sessions at Sports City on a Tuesday, but Sean and Mark and some of the other guys who've been down there say, yeah, when you see him on the track, he's yeah. very, very fast. Yeah, he's very strong in those sessions. He's often, uh, often, you know, pushing the pace in those. To be honest. Yeah, and he yeah. seems to um, do in training what he does in the park run. He seems to get quicker as the session goes on. Yeah, know. well, he actually said in that that second mile where I said it felt quite slow. He said he was actually dropping off the pace. Mm. So I don't know if it's a question of self belief or uh, you know ability to hurt yourself because that comes with experience. But yeah, mm. if you can finish with a sub three minute last k, uh, you know you, you, this, that suggests there's actually more in the tank as well. Yeah. Um, so I've got to add, uh, it was a great run for myself, Sean. Uh, I know you were really pleased with your time, 16.27. 
Uh, and I can't end my review without mentioning my brother Andy, who Sean did mention at the start. <laughs> he was in the league group with us all the way, uh, pushing his daughter around in a buggy uh, and finished third in 1622. Um, so I think a few people had the same thoughts uh, when he was still uh, there with us at two miles. Um, but Sean pushed it on, thinking, uh, I'm not going to get beat by a buggy. <laughs> then I, I had the same thought process, pushed it on. And Elliot said the same to me tonight. He said, oh, if I haven't been for Andy in the buggy. <laughs> Probably wouldn't have run as fast as I did. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was a part run PB yeah. with the buggy for Andy. And uh, he, he thinks he can actually get under 16 minutes with the buggy, which would... Yeah. I have mean, no doubt about that whatsoever. 16 is <laughs> ludicrous. But, yeah, I, 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 I do not doubt for one minute he could go under 16 on the right course and on the right day yeah oh, I'm still amazed that I ran my fastest ever part run finished sixth and got beat by a buggy he's <laughs> <laughs> got a GoPro or something on the trolley though because I'd love yeah. to see Poppy's face well, yeah. what does she look like when she's like being pushed along at that speed she did say that she needed a wee didn't she at miles <laughs> <laughs> did she <laughs> yeah. about two miles in yeah um, yeah and uh, there's a great video which um, uh, I've seen which uh, Mark's uh, wife Jackie uh, took uh, of us all finishing and uh, again it just highlights how close it all was it looks like we're all finishing in single file doesn't it Sean? yeah 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 well yeah they we all came you can see us all coming around the corner and even at that late stage it wasn't clear who was gonna take it but yeah it really sort of yeah um, no yeah. It, it was really enjoyable and again thanks to everyone for turning out and um, we must do it again it was brilliant yeah definitely um so before we get on to our guests let's have a, a quick chat about the tour um Sean, Katie and Cal possibly, having run the full tour previously, what advice would you give to runners perhaps running for the first time uh, in terms of things like recovering when racing back to back over four days? Um, are there any tips or advice you might be able to share? Um, so, Sean, start with you. Um, I think um, we've talked a lot about it, haven't we? It's just... Prob- you, you need. It depends on your objective for the tour. I think if your if your goal is really just to finish the tour, you've got to really ease into it and not go too quick on those first days. I think the first two stages in particular are tough, um, especially the hell on the fell on Friday night. Um, if you're wanting to compete in the tour, then um, you've just got to really balance your um, effort level. Um, I still think you can. You know, you're never going to win it on the first or second night necessarily, but you can quite easily throw it away by working too hard and, and putting yourself out of the tour. Um, so, yeah, I think I said last year and I talked about my race, I didn't run well enough on those first two stages and I just left myself too much to do. Um, not that I'm trying to win the tour, but I'm trying to compete in my age category. So, yeah. And try and um, compete with the guys around you. Exactly, yeah, so you it's maybe a sort of, I don't know, 90% effort-ish sort of when you're in that racing racing mode. I think what I'd, what I'd say as well, you've really got to manage your recovery between that Friday night and Saturday morning. Yeah, because so, it's a late finish on the Friday and an early start on the, on the Saturday. Yeah, definitely. So for me, I, I know they're not popular with a lot of people, but I get a cold bath, mate, fill the bath up with cold water, yeah, get in yeah, it. Yeah. I get what I do as well, I just take your mind off it, get a big cup of tea, get on your phone, get on Facebook or something, look at the results just to pass the time and just make sure I'm getting some food in and stuff then. And Yeah, that's that's what I'd say. I said... Uh, I'd say really look after your recovery going from one day into the next. Try not to over about too much chatting at the end and go home and get something to eat. Yeah, I think um, you've just picked up on it there. I think for me, I do a lot of finish and then hover around because there's so many people that I know and like want to catch yeah. up with. Yeah. 
Um, so I do, and I like to have a chat. So I do, <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not, I do hang around and like, you know, have a good chat. And then it's quite late then on the Thursday, isn't it? And the Friday when you get back. And yeah. I think, again, like you said before, Sean, then I'm wired because I'm all like, you know, I'm, I'm all, I'm buzzing from it. And so then I want to have a bath and yeah. then get something to eat. And it's really late then. So then I'm tired already on the Friday. I have to go to work. But it's bearable then because the, the next race isn't until the evening. But when I really feel it is that Saturday. And again, I've not, you know, people will know that I've said I hate that half marathon. I don't yeah. think it's particularly that I hate that half marathon. I think it's because I am so tired because I've been so buzzing from those two nights. Mm. Yeah, I think my body too. just really struggles to recover, so I just find it such hard work. Um, and I, I just find it a slog. I think you just, because it, it just looks the same and it's an out and back. I think I've not even got halfway and, you know, the the um, front runners are coming back the other way yeah. and they just look like, you know, they're all fresh, like Dave Barrett coming, like, bounding <laughs> back. <laughs> and I'm like, geez, I haven't even got halfway. And I, feel, I just find it such a slog. So mentally, I think that half marathon really gets me. And then on the Sunday, I think I wake up and I feel shattered. But I think, like I say, there's so many people along the way, people just shouting you constantly yeah. that that just gets you around. So I think for me, in terms of tips and advice, if I was going to say to anybody, it would be the if you're wanting to give it your best shot, try not to do too much hanging around and, and socialising if, yeah. if you can well, help it um, and try to switch off. We've talked about it a bit, haven't we, on the recovery shakes as well. I mean, I'll bring yeah. mine with me, and I might even bring like a flapjack or something. Because naturally, you do get talking, best yeah. will in the world. So I think last year I was trying to get something out of the vending machine at the leisure centre. Remember in Copley, I was <laughs> mithering everyone for some money to get. Because I was thinking, oh, we've got, we're doing a few little interviews, and we're, t- we're watching Gav get his prize for winning the stage. So I thought, I need to get some food in me, because we're up again early in the morning yeah. racing again. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the thing. And if you're hanging around for the prize giving and wanting to find out, you know, results and and things, it is. Yeah. It's being prepared, and I think that's what I've learned previously. I haven't been. I wait, get home, and then think, oh, what I'm going to eat. So I think if you can get prepared, mm. I think that's a good tip. So one thing I've been thinking about this week is like how to get that recovery in. So I think for me on the Thursday night, it's going to be my birthday, Thursday as well. So I'll have to get in and I'll have to have a beer. Um, but I might. I'm, I was debating on the cold baths because I remember yeah. you talking about them previously. Um, but on the Friday morning, I'm gonna go on my bike in the garage and just have 20 minutes dead easy and just shake the legs out. Um, give that a try. The last time I did the tour, I went eyeballs out on the first race, second race, third race, fourth race. I was I was shattered by the end of it, as you should be. Um, but I think I just pushed that a little bit too hard on the first and first and second race. Yeah. So I think for the recovery, like you, Sean, recovery shake, swearing by them at the moment, um, and then ice bath possibly um, might take a leaf out of Gav's book and have a chippy on Friday night. Good shout, that. Yeah. Uh, well, there's one in yeah. Millbrook, isn't there? Right near the uh, yeah. HQ. Yeah. So you're yeah. messing about cooking as well. Yeah, because that's another. Yeah. Just want to get something yeah. in your yeah. system as quickly yeah. as possible. Bring your change, Sean. Yeah, it's a good <laughs> shout, and you get it on the way home, and it's done, isn't it? You know, yeah. I mean, when you're racing for races in four days, it doesn't matter, does it? It's just need 
carbs, don't you? Yeah. He yeah. did say he had yeah. half a loaf of Warbies as well, didn't he? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 well, it went well for him, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it worked for Ron Hill. I believe he was yeah. a chippy man, wasn't he? So. I was going to yeah. say, yeah, it's a, it's a staple, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, you're all massive advocates of the tour, so what is it that you love about it so much, and what would you say to people who haven't yet signed up or debating whether to? I'll say for me, it's the it's the community feel and it sounds a bit corny saying it but I think the first time I did it I did it in 2016 it's the only time I've done it and there was a lad that was running behind me all the way around the first first um, stage and then it was the old one where it finished in the field mm. and as he, as we were running along the old canal he, he, came, he overtook me I thought you've been sat on my shoulder all the way around you think you're having, having me here and we go <laughs> down this hill and I absolutely belted it and there's a picture of me just going eyeballs out and then <laughs> and then on hell on the fell he was about 15 minutes behind me and then on the half he was even further behind me so um, that bit was good beating him but actually at the end last year when me and Dave were going through to chatting to people I thought it was it was ace and I don't know how many times we'll probably say it tonight but that finish on Market Street is yeah. just going to be it's going to be great I've got Laura's coming down with the kids as well so for me, that'll be that'll be really good just to see him at the end. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, I mean, anyone that's not done it and they're thinking of signing up, um, if they don't feel they're in shape to do the whole tour, I, I'd probably recommend doing the Hyde Seven. Yeah, just yeah. get yourself in the Hyde Seven, soak in that atmosphere, and I guarantee once you've done that, you'll think right next year come back and do it because there really is. We say it a lot. There's nothing else like the tour. Um, and there's just something about it that really grabs you. It's so when it's over last year, honestly, I didn't know what to do with myself. I thought, what am I going to do? We've got to wait another year now for the tour to be on again. I just uh, just love it. I just love everything about it. I love the camaraderie, racing against the people around you, having a chat after, mm. all that kind of stuff. It's just it's just brilliant. Yeah, same for me. I think uh, just that community feel, and I think just learning. A, a a lot more about local runners and who's around you and I think like um, we've mentioned just kind of make, making friends as well I made so many friends last year when I did it you know like Sarah Brown uh, Jane Lawton from Stockport Harriers you know because they yeah. were in the first race they were you know maybe a little bit behind me and they were like pushing me on to go and then the next day we were talking at the beginning of the race and you know I'm friends with them now we talk about the doing London Marathon and we're, you know we have a little chat on social media about that and yeah. I think it's just nice to have those connections with kind of different local runners and yeah like I say so if you're uh, if you're thinking about it just don't think about it just do it <laughs> get signed yeah. up Sounds yeah. like Top Gun, that, doesn't it? it does. Don't think, just do. Yeah, yeah well, I have a saying, and I always say at work, I have a, a little card, and my little motto is JFDI. Just yeah. flip in, do it. <laughs> well censored. Nice yeah. Save Callum a job there. <laughs> now, on to the interview of the episode. We've got the executive chairman of Quest Media, the CEO of Sports Tours International, and trustee of the Running Bee Foundation a man who's been involved in bringing the Torah Tame side back in 2013 after it stopped in 2000. He's also a very keen runner as well, um, in various distances, including the marathon. Please welcome Chris Bird. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for the Chris. invite. Oh, thanks for coming. So um, we thought we'd just try and get to know you as a runner um, mm -hmm. to start off with. So we, can, we know that you're a keen runner, but mm. how did you start with your running journey? 
I, I, I had no interest in running whatsoever. Um, I did a bit of running at school, but didn't like it. Um, I preferred football. And then when I was 16, 16 and a half, 17, I was um, working for in a dye works in Hyde here. Um, and uh, I'd gone up to Kong's Chippy on Market Street to get my dinner. And I stood outside with me pudding chips and gravy. And um, this bloke came over and told me I should stop repeating crap and start running. And I didn't know who he was. And my mate turned around and he went, that's Ron Hill. And Ron had come out of his shop and just, uh, mind you, he'd gone in and got himself a fish. Um, <laughs> so I went back to work. I said to my mate, got to have a look at doing something then. And um, I'd gone home. I'd been working 2.10 shift and I'd gone home. And uh, I fell asleep on a settee and my dad come in. And he says, uh, what are you doing falling asleep on there? I said, I've done I've done a 210 shift and I've got a 12 hour twice. He says, you're a lazy sod, you are. <laughs> so I went, I went in to, to see my mate Barry Casey the next day and I said, right, we've got to do something. This guy, Ron Hill, tells me I should be running and my dad's told me I'm lazy. So we looked up about marathons and the Daffodil, Stockport Daffodil Marathon was on in two weeks time. <laughs> so, so I spent two weeks running up and down Joe Lane training and then did my first marathon and I did I think it was four hours ten minutes across the line my dad was in tears at the end of the line I just gave him the medal I went how lazy am I <laughs> that was it got the bug done oh brilliant so um, out of all the races that you've done um, what's your favourite Dublin. race Dublin marathon yeah how was that for you What's, uh, it, what makes it stand out so much? So where all my family's from. Um, first one I did was was 2018, October 2018. My dad passed away July um, 2018, and it goes right through the area where where he was brought up in Crumlin. Um, so it was it was a rubbish run in terms of mid performance, but it was probably the most emotional thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. So now that we've got to know you as um, a runner, um, mm. what makes it? What makes the tour so special um, for you personally? Well, I, I go back to obviously being a lot younger in those days when the, when the when the tour first came on, um, and used to see the guys running and and just think how incredible it was that you know this race, um, and then as as the years went on, I. Um, I became involved with Piccadilly Radio in Manchester. I was I was heading the sales and promotions up for Piccadilly Radio, um, and I approached Ron Hill Sports um, and said, "Can we bring our road show down?" So we brought the big the big um, star truck down and parked it next to the town hall, and that's how I first got involved with it through promoting it, um, and then. A couple of years later, I went and set my own PR company up, and one of my first clients was Ron Hill Sports. So I was working with with Ron and Dan Medal and and uh, Mike Deegan and various other people. Um, so it was really just a connection of I was involved with promoting it. So it was it was always in my mind, and then obviously it it disappeared for a while. Um, and when I took over at Sports Tours International. Um, we we had, we had a UK running division, um, which I eventually turned into the Running Bee Foundation. Um, but I said to Graham Jackson, who was who was my race director at the time, I said, I want to bring back the tour. So let's sit down with Ron um, and see what he thinks. 
so we we looked at all the routes and there's no way we could do the same routes because some have got tarmac and bridges over now and houses on so we said well let, let's just do a three-day event you know friday saturday sunday see how it goes went really well then we got we put a fourth day in um and the rest is history really it's, it's just been you know a constant and and every year more and more people look forward to it it's never going to be a big field because we don't want it to be a big field we want it to feel like a real community festival and not not a, a massive money making event but we want to raise lots of money so we can give it back to good causes in Tameside yeah so have you have you ran the, the tour yourself yeah every yeah. year every year all yeah. four stages you don't have a dog and bite yourself no you're right <laughs> <laughs> so um so you've already mentioned um, about working with Ron and him being quite a big influence. Can yeah. you tell us a little bit more about how your relationship developed over the years and bringing the tour back as well? I think it was... It, it just developed into... You know, we, we were we were very like-minded. Um, the determination of, of doing stuff. And, and obviously, uh, we're not juggling glasses, by the way. We're, we're somebody washing up behind us. <laughs> it's um, not the first time I've tried it, yeah. Um, but it, it was it was just a, a an enjoyment of the same things. You know, he he was into business, he was into sport. Um, I was on the board at JD Sports at the time. Spent best part of fourteen years on the board at JD and thirty years as, a, as an advisor to JD. So I've always been in and around the sports business. Um, and then obviously running, and and he took part in some of our ten k events. And um, I eventually asked him to be an ambassador. And and when when we made him an ambassador, we just did more and more together. We've done we've done a TV program about him, which is a, a re- really good documentary. Um, and just really, it was it just grew as a, a really good friendship. So you um, we were talking just before we started recording about um, when Ron passed away, and you help him with the arrangements. yeah, me, me and Steve and and, and Graham. Um, Steve Hill, his son, and Graham Hill, um, and then obviously um, Mike Deegan and all the all the guys. Everybody got their heads together to say how, how they wanted it to be. So, you know, we organised the outrunners and the and yeah. the the the, the uh, Oaklands with great speakers like Dave Bedford and some of the older runners that have, you know have known Ron from day one. Yeah, Sean was um, Sean was one of the runners yeah. on the day. Yeah, um, said said how. How amazing it was. Yeah, um, no, it was a special day. It was. A special day for a special fella. So that's all my questions, so I'm going to pass you over to Katie now. Okay, thank you. So I was going to just ask you a little bit about... You've not got a lot to follow the, there, Katie, uh, so you should do all right. <laughs> <laughs> about the tour coming back, but yeah. we've, um, we've kind of touched on that. So my next question was, did you watch any of the tour in its original format back in the 80s and 90s? Yeah, yeah, of course. It, it, was, it was one of those things because at the, at the time... I started running um, in 1979-80, so I just started to get the bug, but not enough to want to run six days. (laughs) But yeah, it was it was always on in the calendar to 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 watch and see some of the great runners. I think that the massive difference now is is that the majority of people that ran then were proper serious runners, whereas now we've got serious runners. Excuse me, but we've got people who just want to try a challenge whether it's Absolutely. one day two day three yeah. day or four days and that's what we've tried to make it is is that the tour is the ultimate challenge we always say 
but it's also the most accessible because you can do as little or as much yeah, as you want. Yeah. And you just said so. In certain, so you've watched that format back in the eighties and nineties. Mm. But you said to Callum then that you run it as well. So have you run? How many times have you run the tour? Or every every year since every I brought it year. back. Yeah, wow, yeah. brilliant! Yeah. And you've been running it this year. Yes. Fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I've got a knee injury, I'll be doing it. Oh, excellent. No excuses. No. <laughs> Okay, and again, just going back in terms of um, Ron Hill, I believe that there'll be a special tribute to, to Ron at the end of the tour this year. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, um, we've, we've agreed with, with the family, with the Hill family, that, that we would... Um, you do that a bit louder? We'll edit that out. Um, dear God, eh? She might as well be playing maracas. When we're at the big time, we'll get our own studio. <laughs> so what we what we've agreed with the family is is that as part of the Running Bee Foundation, we're going to create a, a legacy fund within the foundation. It'll be called the Dr. Ron Hill okay. Legacy Fund, um, and we're going to donate five thousand pounds every year to that legacy fund, um, and then the family will will hand out grants to, to local activities in the area to help fund anything to do with, with running, exercise and activity, um, targeting young, young people. Um, so on, on, the, on the day um, after the race, um, what, we, what we've got is we've got the town hall, we're going to show the film again, um, we'll hand out all the usual medals and all, all the rest of it and the, and the, uh, the prizes, um, but we'll also make the announcement official. Um, on that day um, and then we'll finish it off with a typical night that would be a Ron Hill night which would be pie and a pint excellent sounds great yeah sounds good <laughs> and is that something that Ron spoke about did he want the money to, would he have wanted money to go towards kind of getting people running and oh yeah, yeah. he was always yeah. very focused on yeah. brilliant money going to the right places okay and you you just touched a little bit there on um, in terms of I've heard that there's going to be a festival in Hyde on the Sunday, so tell us a, a little bit more of that. You, you talked about the pie and a pint. But yeah, a I mean, it, what we wanted to do was oh, over the last few years, obviously because of COVID and all the rest of it, um, and then we came back late last year September and did, and did the race, and it, and it was great. But we just wanted to try and come back with something a little bit different. Um, not go over the top, but just make the centre of Hyde for the for the Hyde Seven, just for for everybody, for young and old, for families, for runners. So there'll be food, there'll be drink, there'll be um, advice on on fitness, there'll be be well team side will be there, there'll be there'll be the mentel are going to be there. Um, so there's there's lots of different things that people can can just sample and get involved with. Uh, but the main thing is we just want to make it that that sort of community feel festival yeah it's that carnival atmosphere isn't it i think that you mentioned with a small c yeah. yeah 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 absolutely brilliant okay over to dave thanks katie uh, and thank you chris for joining us um so first question from me um i'd just like to ask um you to tell us a little bit about how the tour has changed over the years uh, in terms of who it attracts um males females age groups etc uh, and what are you hoping for this year um, I'm hoping to win the lottery. Um, <laughs> Me too. I'm not splitting it with you. Um, the way it's changed is, yeah, 
we had we had a mission with 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 the tour, and and the mission started with a conversation I had with Steve Pleasant at Tameside Council, and the mission was to get the borough on the move. That was our mission. So we wanted to get schools, kids, getting active. Last year, and, and I think this year now, um, will be the same. We'll have probably seven thousand young people in um, primary and senior schools actually taking part in a daily activity of, of running or walking. Um, and then we wanted to create a walking tour of Tameside, which this year is happening. Um, but also we wanted to make sure that, um, like a lot of our races, that we, we balanced up the, the, the participation in terms of we wanted to get more younger people running and we also wanted to get more women running. When we, when we set off on the first one, it was probably 75% men, 25% women. Um, on the last tour pre-COVID, it was 51% women, 49% men. Wow. Um, and I think it's probably going to be 50-50 now um, because, uh, you know, it, it is, there's, there's no doubt, um, as, as my daughter reminded me of, she says, if you think childbirth's bad, try hell on the fell. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's where where we see it growing. Um, that it's 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 a fully inclusive event. You know, you can take part in the tour whether it's one day or four days. It doesn't really matter as long as you've 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 pulled on the tour jersey and you, and you and you get involved. And the main thing for us as the Running Bee Foundation um, is. All the profits that we make come straight back into Tameside. Brilliant. And um, what about age groups and um, also uh, club runners versus unattached? Uh, have you noticed any changes uh, over the years in, in regards to those two elements? We, we've seen a little, of a, a little bit of a downturn in the club runners because we've decided not to give them cash for winning um, because I didn't think it was right. Um, we give them cash to get to donate into a good cause. If you want to run races to make money for yourself, then I'm afraid go and run with somebody else, not us. Um, our business is about raising money for good causes and getting a reduction in childhood obesity and getting a, a borough active. But if you want to win money off me, um, try Bet Fred or go to another race. <laughs> um. So, next question from me. The Tour of Tameside is sponsored by The Running Bee, which I believe it, is a charity. It's, it's not sponsored by The Running Bee. Oh, right. You. Okay. The Running Bee Foundation was set up in 2018. Yep. I set it up with Fred Doan, who is the owner of Betfred. Um, the reason why we set the foundation up was uh, Fred's wife um, passed away in July 2018. Um, Fred is the owner of Sports Tours International. Um, he's the chairman. I'm the CEO. Um, and Mo, his wife, was a marathon runner, very active, and I wanted to set up a foundation in her name, so we created the Running Bee Foundation. So the Running Bee, the Running Bee Foundation is the organiser of the events and the charitable foundation for the grants that go out. The, the, the foundation is run by independent trustees um, and not by Sports Tours International, and Ruinby as a foundation can't sponsor anything so we're a charitable foundation that raises money for good causes about health and well-being and to fight childhood obesity the sponsors are the likes of um, Pilgrim Foods um, 
there's that many. Can, and Kerry Foods, isn't there? It's called Pilgrim Foods now. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we've got we've got a number of sponsors right. anyway. Um, the the guys out in in Duckyfield, um, Findel, they're 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 sponsoring as well. So the Village, they're one of our sponsors. Quest Media Network, one of the sponsors. Club La Santa, one of the sponsors. So they're they're the people that, that cover the costs, while the the entries that we that we uh, that we we try and sell the profit from that will then go into the good causes brilliant okay um so with the current form- format being four stages are there any plans to increase the days of the tour to five or even six uh, as it was in the 80s and 90s um i don't think so i think it's it's at the moment running a um the, the friday saturday sunday and or thursday thursday friday saturday sunday yeah is we get away with that because Thursday is a new Friday, um, so you, you tend to see that people have got a bit more time. Mm. Um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, there's a lot more pressure on people um, in terms of working hours and, and, and other commitments. And also, you know, it's it, I think that the whole and this is probably a topic for a, a, another another of your podcast, but um, there are too many events. And there are too many events that are out there that are money-making exercises and not events that put money back into the communities that they're running through. Um, and because of a lot of these these um, commercial running events that are going on, um, I think it squeezes out the, the, the good cause charities like us trying to create new events. Uh, we've got to be very careful because we don't charge a lot of money for our events and we never will um, but we have to cover costs like everybody else we don't we don't get road closures for free we have to pay for the road closures in all our events um, we're very lucky in Tameside that Tameside actually sponsor that side of it for us um, so I mean Tameside Council get a lot a lot of criticism um, in many quarters of in, um, from time to time the one thing I, I've got to say is they've been absolutely amazing with the tour team side and, and if it wasn't for them we wouldn't have been able to do it to the standard we do it okay brilliant okay um so you've already touched on uh, the issue of um the prizes um but um got a question here so last year there was a change to the prize format uh, in which the winners of each stage didn't get prize money but had the money donated to a charity of their choice yeah uh, some runners at the shop and uh, enter races like this to get an extra income yeah. uh, and the decision of changing the prize format could dilute the field at the front. Yeah. Uh, what was the thought behind this decision and what are the plans for this year? So I think you've already touched on, um, touched the on that. process. If you want to make money or, or supplement <laughs> your income, run with somebody else do, because I don't need you to run with me. Do you not worry about the standard though, Chris? About the, no, I'm not. No. This is not this is not about standards. This is about getting people active. It's about reducing childhood obesity and it's about creating a community event. Mm. I don't need top runners to join our events. I'm sorry, but that's not why I've set it up. This is this is a cause, this is a mission. And if people need to make money out of running, then don't run with us. Yeah. I know what you mean. I don't think people want to make money, I think But it, it's it's when you look at the you know, I think I think what puts a lot of races on the map is the is the, is those runners at the front. It might be, but that's I don't want to be on the map. Yeah, we're on the map because of the mission that we're doing. All those all the races that do what they do are are, are for profit events. 
we're a not-for-profit. Yeah, I get that. Because when you touched on that before about the the events that make the money, that the, those kind of events are also squeezing out the club organised events as well. Mm. You know where the money goes into the club. So I think I definitely relate to that. Yeah. I think our con- well, my concern has always been that I want the tour to be one of the best event in the UK, and I think it is one of the best events mm. in the UK. And I think the best events need the best runners. <laughs> I disagree. Yeah, yeah. Oh, clearly. The be- the best, the be- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's the, the one thing you got to remember about us is. Sports Tours International is my commercial venture. Yeah. The Rinnaby Foundation is a charity that is there to do good, and we have a mission. Um, and if I if I've got a thousand runners um, that all run a ten k in an hour or more, and they come back year after year, that's my kind of event. Yeah. I'm not bothered whether somebody comes and does it in thirty five minutes. Yeah. I get that. I mean, format's clearly working. I'm there this year, I'm sure. Not that I'll be winning the prize money, but <laughs> it, wor- it, it works as as a as a model because it's it's about participation. If it's if if we were to say it's about racing, if we were to say it's about winning money, then there's a lot of people probably wouldn't turn up to do it because they know they've got no chance. Yeah, I think I think. Um, I think the good thing about the tour is no matter where you are in the field you're racing in a, in a way you know what I mean you get back each night yeah. you look who's around but what we you can't, yeah. what we can't do is, is put a focus on the mm. ones at the front oh yeah yeah we're, we're delighted if, if if people good runners want to try the tour or any of our races as long as the money we give you mm. goes to the course goes to one of your causes yeah Okay. And it's the only race in the calendar. The, the, our races are the only ones in the calendar that does that. Yeah, it's, well, it's unique anyway. The tour, isn't it? There's nothing else. We were talking last week. There's nothing else like it. So yeah, and you know, we'll, we'll hopefully we'll we'll be announcing the the Cheshire and Lancashire pieces um, pretty soon as well. So. Tour of Cheshire, Tour of Lancashire, Tour of Tames mm, Brilliant. Interesting. So we'll have a trilogy. Tour, there's, there's, exciting. A, there's a Tour of Mersey side, isn't there, as well? Is there is, yeah. Mersey. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was, reading about it, that was sort of designed on the back of the Tour It of was. Tames, they, they approached us and um, the format that they put forward wasn't what I thought was a unique proposition. It was existing races and just All rebranded right. them. Um, Whereas for me, it's it's got to be it's got to be a unique proposition. So you're able to tell us a bit more about the tour of Cheshire, maybe, or is that um, not yet? Not yet. Ooh. Strictly <laughs> confidential. Yeah, have to shoot. I'd have to shoot. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll we'll have someone else that's fairly soon. Um, we've got we've we've just agreed a, a very exciting first piece for Lancashire. Um, and it's very, it's very, very poignant in terms of Ron Hill, um, and that'll be announced pretty soon. Brilliant, cool, brilliant. Exclusive for us, there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's everything from me, Chris. Thank you very much. I'm no now going to hand over to Sean. Okay, so yeah, um, so for any first timers or anyone who hasn't yet signed up or might be thinking about signing up either this year or in the future, could you give us just an overview of the four stages as we have them at the moment? Um, so. 
the the four the four stages. What we tr- what we try to do is is obviously get variety um, and a different challenge for all kinds of runners. So if if people just want to do one, two, or three or four days, it's it's entirely up to them. Yeah. Um, if you do the four days, then you you've got to be part gazelle and part mountain goat because it's <laughs> yeah. it's it's yep. There's there's a fast trail run. Um, apart from that bloody hell at the at the start. Um, and then and the steps at the end, yeah. Um, and then you go into um, hell on the fell, which is uh, it's, it's, it sort of lulls you into a false sense of security because you run downhill straight away, and then it's, as, it's, it's, it's <laughs> it goes straight up. Um, up Mottram, it's Mottram Road, that isn't it? Is it? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah old Mottram Road. Road. Yeah, it yeah, goes off the back Mottram street Road. as well, doesn't it? It's yeah. sort of go up the main road, like the old. No, it's the old, it's the old Mottram Road. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So up there and then Obson Moor yeah. and then over Trig Point. Um, so th- that that's got everything. There's a little bit for everybody in that one. Yeah. Um, and then we follow that on the Saturday with the half marathon, which is a nice trail run. It's very flat. Um, I hate it. Sean loves it. I'll, it's my favourite stage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't like it at all. It kills me, um, and it shouldn't do because it's nice and flat. But it does kill me. Um, and then in my for me, the best race of all is the Hyde Seven because yeah. it's 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 runs um, and plus it runs right through the place where I was brought up as a kid, Hattersley. So uh, it means a lot to me. Yeah, that finish on Market Street takes some beating. I say it every year. I can't think of many races that finish no, as well as Market that. Street. I mean, it's it, it's great, and and no matter how I feel once I, once I've come up past Hyde United struggling going up up that that hill once i get to the roundabout at the top of market street it's as if my legs are just like oh they're all right now mm. <laughs> it's leg it yeah and will that fir- that first stage change last year did it the route are we keeping the same route as um, last year it's it'll it'll probably get back to probably what it was but it'll it'll it will have a slight change to the to the usual purely because of the road layouts right we've got, just got to adhere to what yeah, the council say we can do. Went down really well that change last year. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. absolutely the most stupid decision Graham Jackson has ever made in his <laughs> life. And I told him about it, and at the end I threw my medal at him and said, "Don't ever talk to me again." <laughs> I quite liked it. I yeah, everybody did apart from me. I didn't like it. I didn't like oh, it at the time, but afterwards it was brutal. It was, it, it was uh, and it was cruel. Yeah. It was Ellie. It was. It, he didn't tell me. I didn't yeah. know. I'd been out of the country, come back, expected to do the same route, and then went round once, and then round again. Went, What's going on here? Yeah. But it's brutal. But it was. I, I think that's the thing about the tour. It's tough. It's painful, but it's bloody fulfilling. And also, you make some really good friends. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the, you know, the, the the mates I've got from from the tour and people that I meet every year and you know will text me throughout the year. But what's it? What are you doing this year? Is anything new happening? It's it's great. I think one of the biggest challenges I have running the tour is sleeping because you're absolutely buzzing when you get home. You know, you're checking the results. You've been chatting away to everybody. You're thinking about the next day. Yeah, is, yeah. That, is that how you've? You, I love it, mate. I, mean, I love that. I get back a pint of Guinness in it, and I'm in bed. I've gone. Oh, I bought the time off work this year because I was struggling to fit work in. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, 
Is that flexible working? That? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Flexible working now. in motion. Um, so, just um, next question. You touched on this a little bit earlier about the walking tour at Tameside yeah. and they also My First Mile. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about those? Yeah, I mean, obviously we've been asked about walking because there's a lot of people want to get on the move. Yeah. Um, so, we, we, we created with, with um, Active Tameside the opportunity to do a walking tour which they're doing so if they go if you go on the active Tameside um, website you'll find out more about that and on the running bay website um the my first mile was something that i i i trademarked the brand my first about eight nine years ago um because what i wanted to do was create a series of of, of different um options for people so my first marathon my first triathlon and then give people a, a starting yeah. plan to to get to it um, but we decided that we'd, we'd, we'd sort of integrate it into the Running Bee Foundation because, you know, a lot of people talk about the Couch to 5K, um, but we wanted to create our own entity. So the My First Mile just gave people that option yeah. of, you know, doing, doing a mile for the first time with the kids, pushing a pram, walking it, whatever you want to do. Um, and up to now, just for the My First Mile on Market Street, we've got over 150 signed up. Wow. Which is kind yeah. of twice what it was last year. Yeah, I mean, the crowds last year were amazing, weren't yeah, they? Considering yeah. we were just coming out of the pandemic, it was yeah. it was awesome, and yeah. hopefully it's going to be. Yeah, I think so. Way. I mean, it, you know, my radio station and newspaper have got you know the, the coverage that they've put in it over the last couple of weeks has been fantastic, yeah. and we're going to be broadcasting live from the event, and also um, one of the runners who's the CEO, my CEO who works for me at, at Quest, uh, Emma Marsh, she's going to run the whole tour on, oh. uh, sorry, the seven mile on the, on the on the Sunday. She's doing the whole tour, but on the Sunday, she's going to be mic'd up. So she's going to be interviewing people on the way around. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. How do you feel about this really big hill? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have a bleak machine up there. So it's a great bit. That last day, I think, is just perfect. You know, the course is yeah. is good as well, and I just love that finish. The support all the way around is good yeah. on the last day. The, the, yeah. the I mean, we, we've had some people saying to us, you know, because we're doing this sort of festival feel with food and drink and all that, and they said, is it right that you should be having alcohol available on an, on an event where you're promoting health and fitness and all the rest of it? And I, I always say, Ron Hill like nothing better than a few pints after we've done a marathon and if you're if you're whether it's eating or drinking if it's in moderation yeah. you're fine yeah. and if you and if you're exercising it's even better but it's not it's not the kind of thing where everybody finishes the race and, and wants to get hammered you just want a pint with your mates and have yeah. a chat because we all compare the run or our blisters <laughs> or our aches and pains or our times so yeah. it's it's it just it just for me it just relaxes the whole thing at the end and just gives everybody the choice of well I have a glass of orange or a lucasade or a or a huel protein drink or <laughs> well that's it you've had, a you've had three days of protein shakes haven't you well <laughs> that, point, I mean, <laughs> that is the best protein shake on earth a pint yeah. of guinness yeah. will, will fuel you through anything no, I've read Joss Naylor, who's a famous fell runner, mm. read his book, and he swears by Pint of Guinness. Pint of Guinness and a jambutti. Yeah. Either way. 
Well, I had a question about pies and pints, which you've answered, but I think <laughs> I think we, now we can confirm there will be pints available. There, there will be pints available. There yeah. will be. Uh, <laughs> I think we're going to have a gin bar as well because there's. Um, we've been asked to. Can we have some nice little bits of gin going? Um, we've also got an, a new. Um, um, sort of attraction that is is one of the local runners Sally Dewhurst and she has a yeah. she has a, a little business called the pickup truck um, and Sally's coming and, and doing her thing as well so that, that'd be really good oh, great. that's something for everybody yeah great I mean it's good for people's family and friends coming along to watch them as yeah, well yeah I mean they'll be able to come down on the day um, we're going to do um, fitness tests on people they'll be there there'll be advice about running there'll be advice about physiotherapy there'll be all sorts of things for people to, yeah. to find out more about sounds great I'm hoping my brother my brother did the last stage last year I'm hoping he's gonna get back on it this year I thought he might enter the full tour he'll be listening to this at some point yeah, but he's, lightweight. He's, he's gone back in for the yeah. i7 again all the glory you, know, you wouldn't believe the hand, you wouldn't believe the hand gestures he's doing right now while you're doing that <laughs> Um, okay, so I've lost my thread now. Where are we up to? Okay, so if people want to get involved, um, but not actually run, um, for example, they might want to, might be an injured runner, they might have a family, volunteer, they just want to soak up the come and join us. Yeah. We're, we're, we, we've got a program that we're rolling out um, later this year, which we're going to be looking for community ambassadors, okay. and we're looking for volunteers. So we're going to be talking to people that I've got a vested interest in either running the areas where they run um, and we and we want you to spread the word about the mission that we've got as the Running Bee Foundation um, and we want we want a number of community ambassadors throughout the northwest of England um, and also we want as many volunteers as we can get because the more volunteers that we can get more of the profit will go back into that yeah. community so it's not that we're trying to save money we're trying to spend less so we can give more away yeah I mean, we're very lucky in this area aren't we the volunteers that we have in this yeah really yeah. good yeah really good uh, and so uh, importantly for many runners uh, are you able to share with us what um, you will receive as you finish this award so for example past the runners have got medals on completion of each yeah. stage and a goodie bag and a, I think we had um, like a technical hoodie last yeah. year didn't we yeah what, any, what's the plans for this year are you able to um, share any of that I'm not going to tell you, <laughs> oh, because that would be wrong. So I've got my home, I've got my cups, you know, from previous years, yeah. and I've got a space there now. Yeah. <laughs> we've, well, we've got you a special T-shirt, <laughs> and, it, and it just says three words: "You are sad." <laughs> I don't even drink beer out of them. I just keep oh them dear there. god. <laughs> dear I do use the cup. We got a cup last year, didn't yeah, we? I use yeah. The cup. Obviously, a cup. cups. The glass the year before. Yes. Now the, the, we, we've got we've got some nice stuff as usual, um, but I'm not going to announce what, what what it is yet. So will that be a surprise on the last stage, will it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Be surprised because it'll be an empty bag. <laughs> will there be we're a medal? We're, after giving, after we're giving away quavers this year. <laughs> will there be a medal after each stage, though? Or a medal after each stage? Yeah. Yeah, we had medals. We usually do, don't we? Yeah. You get a medal after each stage, so yeah, there will be. I'm not telling you. Ah. <laughs> you can't have all the news. Give us something to surprise you with. We tried. We did. 
Well, well, that's all the questions from me. Um, thanks for your, thanks no for problem. answering those. No and, um, what do you think about you know you talk about medals? Yeah. So I mean, we, at, at sports tours we have the the uh, the marathon majors. So when you get you do the six, you get the six stars. Yeah. Is there, is there something that the serious runners amongst you would want to work towards and say, do you know what? If we if if we do if we do all all days or you do three tours back to back or six tours back to back then you get the six star medal oh, that's a good point yeah because the one the one thing that I'm, I, I, I really want to do and again you know, it's, it's it's still in, in discussion but if we do the trilogy of Tour of Thameside Tour of Cheshire Tour of Lancashire that'll be a trilogy medal so it yeah. won't be yeah. it won't be that you get a medal for completing one it'll be going for the three you sign up for the trilogy I think one of the things that I've seen that I really liked was um, I think it's one that they do in Wales where all the medals actually attach together yeah. so it makes one big one yeah um, I really like that yeah yeah I've That's seen it. that on a couple of late district races where you do it year after year and they, they form a scene mm. yeah. you know of the late district mountains it's, it's, it's become do that. it's become important but it's all also become probably the most expensive part of of, yeah. of doing because materials now because of the freight as well isn't it? shipping costs have gone through the roof yeah I mean we're, we're having to do more and more over here because you know delivery times and 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 costs of of, of materials are just going through the and and obviously t-shirts now technical t-shirts if you if you if you're buying from abroad you know 2019 you you, you probably double the price now it's crazy. Yeah. Mm. Maybe it's something that we can put forward to listeners as well. We can put it on the socials and see what people think. Yeah, what do they prefer? You know, we're, we we want to make sure that we want to give everybody value for money. But what we want to do is is we also we want to achieve two three things really. We want to reduce costs because that means we give more back. We want to reduce our carbon footprint because it's the right thing to do. And we want to make sure that people feel as if they've got value for money out of, out of the event. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, it's hard. I mean, personally, I'm not bothered too much about a medal at the end of each. No. You know, each run. I, I, keep, I can't um, tell you honestly where my medals are from kind of yeah. previous runs, but I do like a T-shirt or a hoodie or, or something. But then yeah. maybe people who are running just individual stages yeah. may appreciate I think it, that, it, it is, it is that important for, yeah. for people that they get a medal, but... Mm. It's the materials that you do it in. We we did, we tested two over the years, over the last couple of years, we did a wooden one and a plastic one, and we got absolutely slaughtered because the plastic was recycled, so that was a good thing to do, and the wooden one was eco-friendly, the right thing to do, but we got we got hammered for doing it, and but we were doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. You know, it, it, mm. it was good for the environment, and it cost less, and we gave more money back. Yeah, I think different people are different. I, I know some people really value that yeah, medal, don't absolutely. they? Yeah. And and I think I think, you know, I would for s- certain races, but for when you're doing a lot, you do build up quite a lot, don't you? And you wonder yeah. what you're going to do with them. To be honest yeah. with you, you know what I mean? Yeah, you, it's um, it's incredible when you go to Ron's <coughs> house and and look around his house well, yeah. <laughs> of of the cups and the medals and the shirts and. the and the prizes, and I mean, it is yeah. off the scale, off the scale. 
and yeah, I hope that we'll we'll have a, um, a a nice display of some of the stuff from his house um, yeah. at the town hall. Yeah, I know some um, well previous years you've had a bit of a display in the town hall yeah. on the final yeah. stage, haven't you? But there's there's a lot of stuff that obviously people haven't seen, um, and uh, it'll be it'll be good to show mm. that. And uh, I'm hoping that on the Sunday I'm going to be running in one of his vests. Brilliant. One of yeah. his one of his prize vests. Have to get a photo of that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is it the string vest? You're gonna go. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I might even try and grow a little. <laughs> well, you've got L- two weeks. Little Zabata. <laughs> yeah. Probably take two weeks. I can go it here, but I can't go it. Here. <laughs> We should yeah. make you a special uh, oversized number as a throwback to the uh, the days of the uh, the seventies. An oversized number. Yeah, the the numbers used to be huge back oh, in right, the seventies okay. when yeah, Rom was yeah. racing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it should do you a special. No, number I'll, sti- well. I'll stick with number seven. Right, <laughs> <mate>. <laughs> yeah, there's no chip time in them, was there? <laughs> no. No, but uh, thanks so much for no uh, joining us tonight. No problem. No yeah, problem. Thanks, uh, thanks pleasure. so much, Chris. Great pleasure. Yeah, and best of luck with the event as well. Yeah, we can't Thank wait. Thank you. Thanks for the invite. And we'll see you on the start line. Thanks, well, Chris. you'll you'll I'll be at the back of the start line, but I'll uh, I'll be waving <laughs> to you at the front. <laughs> Thank you to Sports Tours International for sponsoring this episode of the Local Runners Podcast. Sports Tours International are well known as the number one choice for travelling athletes and sporting enthusiasts in Europe. Check out sportstoursinternational.co.uk to book your next international sporting event. Our experience will make yours. That's it for this episode. In our next episode, we'll be speaking to the runners of the tour to see how they are after each stage. As Sean, Cal and Katie are racing, we have Dave interviewing, as well as a couple of previous guests helping the interviews as well. So look out for Dave and Wiz Mason at the end of the stages and come and have a chat with them. And remember... The best views come after the hardest climb. Good night.